Hi everyone, today we have Andrew Montlake with us, also known as Monty. He is a mortgage advisor extraordinaire. Hi Andrew. Hi, thanks for having me. Hi Monty, how are you? Not bad, I'm delighted to be here. Today, we are focusing on how mortgage and protection insurance mix, the value of signposting, and generally having a good old natter. This is the Practical Protection Podcast. So, hi everybody. Hi, well, hi both of you. You know, how's your weekends been? It's been, um, well, it's been a, a fun lockdown weekend, obviously. I, I, I haven't been, been out partying. Uh, we didn't go out and have a romantic Valentine's Day meal. Um, it was just a normal day in lockdown paradise. Actually, do you know what I did Valentine's Day? I put up some blinds for my son oh. and a shelf. Not Good. by myself, I hasten to add. I had help from my wife. <laughs> Much more practical than me. I think that's good. It's a Valentine's Day activity together. You know, yeah. you're, sort of like you're doing something. There's a goal. Yeah. Brilliant. And how's your weekend been, Roy? Yeah, no, good. It was it was good to uh, good to see England finally win a game at rugby, and uh, and uh, my football team won as well. So a, 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 a sporting tick tick. Oh, Who's your football team? Arsenal. Arsenal. Okay. So uh, so mm. we better, we better not get into that because <laughs> no, this, this young man supports a slightly better team. <laughs> well. Ooh. Not sure at the moment, <laughs> Liverpool, but uh, anyway. Yeah, well, we'll move on from the football side of things. Yeah, because I have no knowledge of football, so that's good. So I'm really excited about doing this because we, well, I, I certainly don't do mortgages. So I find, I find it really interesting to have a chat. I mean, I've, I've obviously had my own mortgage. I do understand how mortgages work to a certain extent, but obviously clearly not from an advice point of view or anything. Um I think it'd be a good idea for us to sort of give everybody, because I know that usually a lot of people are listening from the protection space, but there's possibly going to be some people from the mortgage space listening in on this. So it's probably a good idea to give us everyone a bit of a rundown about ourselves. So very, very quickly, I'm a protection advisor. I advise on um, personal group and business um, insurances, which is life insurance, critical illness cover, income protection in the UK and internationally. So Andrew, can you sort of like do a similar kind of like little snippet of yourself, please? Yeah little snippet so yes I'm a, I'm a mortgage broker at heart basically always have been so I've been doing that for 26 years um, so our job is basically to help people along their home buying journey um, we look after first-time buyers remortgages buy to let uh, many time movers uh, anyone really brilliant and, and why just give your rundown please um, I'm probably more of a general IFA. Uh, we do lots of protection, but also we are wealth managers and we do lots of corporate advice. Uh, used to do mortgages a long, long time ago, but uh, uh, for reasons we'll come on to, decided to uh, use a third party for them. Yeah, I think that's it's that's probably quite a standard thing, really, isn't it? I'm seeing this more and more in many ways that, you know, sort of like we'll all sort of like start off in a bit of a space and then we kind of specialise or move into other areas and different things. Um so I think probably a good way to, to sort of like start off then, because I know that um, obviously you have very, very significant involvement with Amy, um, Andrew. Yeah. And um, there was some research recently, I think, that showed this. Because we're talking about how mortgages and protection mix. And I think, you know, that they are very, very entwined in many ways. Um, and in that report, it showed that there was a lot of mortgage brokers that sort of like think that they are talking about protection but then when they actually were then speaking to the clients they couldn't really remember those discussions happening and I suppose it'd be really interesting from to hear from a, a mortgage broker kind of how that discussion of protection kind of comes in or you know with how busy everybody is is it something that's maybe just not being people just aren't able to give the kind of time to it 
it's really interesting. It's something we've debated ever since I've been a mortgage broker, really. And and I I used to do both. Um, and I'm passionate about protection and, and and life insurance and and all of that. But um, but I just found that it became it became really difficult to be a mortgage expert and an expert in protection and everything else as well. Um, so I thought actually it's, it's much better for my clients if I signpost it correctly and make sure I pass it on to a, a protection specialist. It's really interesting to see this. So the, the Amy viewpoint, the, the new protection challenge is, uh, is really interesting. And it did, the research was 5,000 UK adults. So it's a, a really big piece of research that, that we undertook. And it was really interesting that it came out that 97% of advisors reckoned they spoke about protection in the mortgage process, but only 36% of customers remember it being mentioned. So there's a massive disconnect there immediately. And it's trying to get over that barrier and making sure that your processes are absolutely spot on, that you are talking about it. And different people have different approaches. I like to approach it that I refer it to a specialist. Others like to do it. The most successful ones I've seen, actually, this is one of the first things they talk about is protection. They do say, look, I'm not here just to talk about your mortgage and getting a new home. I'm here to talk about how I'm going to keep you in your in your new home and protect you. And that's one of the very, very first things that they talk about. And they make sure that's embedded into the process. I think the reality of the issue is, especially when you're a busy mortgage broker, Mortgages are really not complex, but hard in terms of paperwork, especially when you're busy, when you've got people calling you up, you've got lots of inquiries coming in. The most important thing for that client immediately coming into you is they just want that property. They want that home. They want to start building their their dreams and, and move. That's That's what they're focused on. And for a broker, sometimes it's really hard to take a step back and slow down the person who just wants to buy the property and actually really really get into a proper explanation of protection and how it works and why you should have it Um, so it's about really getting the process right and I would suspect that a lot of I do believe that probably 90% 97% of advisors are talking about it but it's just a passing mention rather than something that's embedded deep into their process. And that's the point we need to get to. I think it's really so it sounds interesting. Like, Sorry, go on, Mike. So I was, was going to say, Monty, it sounds like the positioning is, is imperative here, as in within the process of advice. You know, there, there was, uh, uh, I guess, a charge that was always thrown at particular industries was that if you had a 35-page fact find and, and, and bottom of page 35 mm. was, uh, have you got any insurances? By the time you got there, a, you were knackered, and, and B, the position yeah, absolutely. Just ha- didn't have that importance. Is that is it as simple as that? Sometimes in bringing it, you know, more, sort of further up the, you know, the the, the the checklist, effectively. Personally, I think so. I think it, I think it's in a in a as I say, it's in an explanation of what I am going to do. So, when you first sit down with the advisor, it's this is why you are sitting in front of me. I'm not just here. For the mortgage i'm here for everything else as well and making that clear up front is probably the the simplest change which actually would probably bring up that figure of 36 percent 
I think it's sort oh. of like it, it kind of mirrors in some ways, I think a little bit in sorry, the process, like you say, I think it is really, really pivotal in the process where it's positioned because you know, we can have it, especially in the protection space, where somebody comes to you because they want life insurance and, you know, they, they want the life insurance and the mortgage, which obviously, generally, absolutely fine, you know. But then you as an advisor will be seeing that they actually probably really need income protection as well. Mm. And it's just then a matter of making sure that you bring that kind of conversation and how you position it, you know, kind of straight away. And I know one of the ways that I kind of um, train our team is to sort of say, right, if somebody comes to you for life insurance, that's fantastic, support them. But if you are already identifying that they need something like the income protection in the very beginning of that conversation, you know, probably saying to them, right, well, you've come for life insurance, brilliant, I can do that for you, but I have also identified this and I will be giving you options for that. Just so that it's straight away, it's in there and it's a case of not kind of like really asking permission to put it in front of them in, mm. and obviously being forceful in the sense of you must have this if you're having life insurance, but just to say, I am the advisor, this is what I need to do to make sure that you are fully protected and here is what everything is and then it's your choice in a sense as to what you want to do. So I, th I think, you know, the idea you said of it, it being how it's framed at the beginning is, is really spot on. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the, the other thing that came out from the, from the Amy research was that talking about income insurance is less than a third of UK adults can correctly identify what income insurance is. Um, well, so that's confusing. an education piece. Yeah, Absolutely. it is confusing. And that's an education piece. And the other thing is a trust issue, which mm. is, is quite concerning, is that over half of consumers don't believe the protection claim stats. And that's something we yeah. as an industry have to get, have to get that message out better. Absolutely. On that subject, Monty, do you think part of the problem actually isn't necessarily the consumer? Sometimes it's the advisor, weirdly. And what I mean by that is... If the advisor sitting there, particularly a mortgage advisor or a wealth advisor, and they don't believe the claim stats, they're almost not going, you know, they're, they're almost not starting that conversation because there is that worry that I'm actually going to talk about a product that I don't believe is going to pay out. So do we need to take almost a step backwards here and educate the, the advisory community, first of all, that claims do get paid out? Yeah, I, I, totally, I totally think that. Um, I think most advisors... Now they they do understand it. They they do get it, but it's not something they talk about. I just think there's an assumption. I think there are too many assumptions with protection along the process. Some advisors are busy and and just give it a cursory mention. Some will go into it um, with a bit of detail and assume that there's a level of knowledge. Um, and the ones that really do it well will will go into detail. I think we all have to take a share of responsibility. And and without getting on my my soapbox. I think the uh, protection companies themselves need to take a long, hard look at what they are doing, how they are marketing these products, and the type of products that they are they are offering. And I think there needs to be some fundamental changes in in the way that the products are uh, are sold, are marketed, and are constructed in order to improve the understanding and the sales of of these types of products have you got an example of, of where that might be the case in particular um <laughs> no sorry i put you on, I put you on the <laughs> I'll spot have to here think about that uh, um, no but as it as it is yeah. is part of it the is part of it just that mortgage brokers sometimes are ignored maybe by some of the protection houses yeah i think so i think there's there's been a level of uh 
arrogance from some of the protection houses in the in that um you know this is what we do we know what we're doing this is this is it and i and i haven't really seen apart, apart from there are some recent changes things like vitality etc but the way that these these products are, are advertised and marketed um they're very a lot of them still rely on things like the widow's story and that and that type of thing i, I just think we need to have to change the way that that these things are done and and we, we need to connect with a whole different brand of consumers now who want something different, need to understand something different. Um, you know, maybe it's focusing on um, the mental health side of things. What, what are the products doing for, for that kind of, kind of thing? Um, so it's something that we, you know, we as Amy have, have actually got a steering group around protection um, to investigate all of these things, which which has been really good, and there's some really good ideas coming out of it, in terms of how we can make sure that when we next do a survey like this, the figures are drastically different. It's interesting, yeah. I think, as well, like you were saying there about like, the mental health side of things, because obviously I, I really work in that space. Like you say, you know, trying to understand it and all different things. I think, I think what's amazing is to say, like, you know, critical illness convert um, income protection. There are so many options now, and you know, with critical illness cover, you don't just get you know, kind of critical illness cover anymore. There's core, then there's enhanced, then there's children's cover, not children's cover. And then there's like the extra bits in it as well. Mm. And then with income protection, you've got such a, a difference as to what's available um, based upon, you know, sort of like what I would say more, the mainstream insurers and then the mutuals and then how sometimes especially with the mutuals you can potentially tweak things and again there's so many policies within each of those kind of insurers as to what's happening what's going on that it's it's absolutely amazing and it's offering so much option but to be able to do and to know all of those areas and routes on top of all the knowledge and everything as well that's needed in for, for the mortgage side of things you know it's, it's quite a hefty ask really um, of advisors to be able to really do it all at the same time mm. yeah absolutely and, um, and what we've done at Corico is we we've we split it out so we, we've got a, a protection only broker um, and probably about seven or eight of our our guys and girls will will do both um, but they're people who who have proven that they they do it time and time again yeah. um otherwise it, if you're not if you're not doing protection regularly it's really hard to keep up to date with everything and actually i'd argue if you if you're not if you're not advising on protection and and your clients are taking out policies every month then you're not really doing the job properly so actually, we we say that you know we'll we'll take a license away from someone, um, and make sure that they refer their clients to a protection specialist. On the income protection specifically, um, if if I may, um, we did some training with some some mortgage brokers a few years ago. One of the situations that used to come up quite a lot is we would say to people, "Why are you not doing as much income protection?" And immediately, sometimes the response would come back that, "Oh, most of our clients are covered by their workplace." Um, now, an interesting experiment here is to is to go and ask the, the broker to go and check that fact. And there were nu numerous anecdotes where they actually went off at half time and came back and sort of said, oh, I've checked it. And actually, they don't have what I thought they did. Mm. The, the point being, do you think sometimes we and we all do this, assume that people might have cover that they don't actually have? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we get that all the time. And, and it's something I'm guilty of in, in the past of of saying you know it's really hard especially working in london because 
when you're dealing with someone from um, one of the big investment banks, they have excellent coverage, but they don't necessarily have that part because they're flexible benefits. They might choose this, that and the other. Um, you just assume they've got everything and it, it's just so dangerous to assume. And that's the problem. There's, there's too many assumptions being made. So you do actually have to ask the question and, and dig that little bit deeper, which some people just don't like having that type of conversation. Um, yeah. And I certainly got to the point where actually, do you know what? I didn't particularly enjoy having the conversation of, of asking the, the, the real personal health questions um, and so actually I just thought it was better to, to leave that to a, to a specialist. Yeah. I think it's really important that you're saying though as well that, you know, obviously you didn't necessarily feel comfortable asking the questions, but also, you know, we, we look at these stats and everything. Um, but, you know, it could be that a lot of people have turned around and said, I don't want to look at this and I don't want to do this. And, you know, we can't just assume that the advisors aren't doing the job. You know, obviously when you look at the stats, Absolutely, it just seems as yeah. if maybe more than not and maybe not looking at it um but you know there are going to be you know plenty of people to so say like you know we have it at times to say using that life insurance and ip example i did before where you know we can give people an option but you know if somebody doesn't want to have it then you can't mm. force them to have it and um you can talk to your blue in the face sometimes about you know how important <laughs> it is for somebody to have something um but ultimately, it does come down to, to where, for some people as well, where the priorities are. Because when we are talking about some protection policies, depending upon health and, and different things like that, the pricing can get pretty high. And, you know, ultimately, if people can't afford it, no matter how much they need it, then they're going to turn mm. and look elsewhere or, or just ignore it. Yeah. And that's where the skill of the advisor, there's an old adage that um, that gets some people angry where it's, you know, you know a mortgage is is a need basically no one wants a mortgage they want the home but the mortgage is a need so that's you're not really selling a mortgage but the protection side needs to be sold and a lot of people don't like that because protection shouldn't be sold it it should yeah. be the same thing um but yeah we we definitely get that and and especially being in in london it's it's an excuse i guess that that we've fallen back on quite a bit where actually the the person you know thinks they they've got their protection from from work they think they're um, indestructible generally and they're just enjoying life and actually why do they need this and and they don't need the extra cost because they just want to make sure that they can afford the mortgage and they'll discuss that later down the line um, but that's, that's where the skills of the advisor yeah. come in to actually carefully point out that you do need this kind of thing yeah. fascinating you should mention the word indestructible I, I think lots of commentators are saying one of the lessons we've learned from this dreadful crisis is that the indestructibility that we all think feel that we have uh, has been brought you know sharply home absolutely um, yeah. maybe you know one one hastens to 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 call it as an opportunity but but there is one out of out of all this horrible mess to to maybe talk to people about you know let's face it the greatest uh, the greatest objection to protection was always this won't happen to me and unfortunately I don't think there's anybody listening into this who hasn't been touched by this in some way do, do you think this is something we should focus on more going forward I think it's about focusing about uh, you know about real life and, and the realities of the situation I was always passionate about it because both my parents sadly died of cancer so it's um it, it was <laughs> something you can talk about personally and understand the value of it and actually if I saw that actually my my 
dad years ago didn't have um, cover on my mum and actually all her cancer treatment, just all the savings went on that. So that was that was something that um, that really stuck with me, actually, you know, for for a few quid to have that protection is is it is incredible. So it's um, yeah, using using personal stories is is obviously really good and 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 helps. Um, and yeah, advisors, it's just it's just training and skills. And we're lucky that actually at, um, we're part of Mortgage Advice Bureau and they do fantastic. Um, they're really passionate about protection. They've got some fantastic courses around that. But until that, I didn't see many. We used to, in the old days, have loads of good training about spin and disturbance and that type of thing. So, yes, we've moved on from that. But I don't see too much of that type of training coming through where mortgage brokers are concerned some firms are better than others but a lot of them they get into a rut where actually you just you're just doing mortgages and that's paying the bills and and that's what I'm going to do so part of this solution Monty um, is something that you and I have been talking about for years I mean obviously it has been going on signposting but you know it's been a bit under under the carpet a little bit you know, because you and I know some, some very good examples, including your good selves of people who effectively have always signed posts, but generally the mortgage industry and the protection industry don't talk as much as they should. We now have an opportunity where signposting has suddenly become very prevalent. Um, do you think there's a, a sort of a seize the day moment where the two industries should come together? Because to your point, there are some mortgage brokers who would quite understandably just say, look, I'm either too busy to do this or I haven't got the skill set or I haven't got the time. Should we be bringing the two industries together more? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big believer in collaboration and working together. And, and that's something that's really infused me probably over the past 12, 18 months. It has got a lot better. Um, and a lot of there are a lot of really good companies out there doing some really good things, trying to put the, uh, the, the two things together really well. And, um, and yet now it's definitely an opportunity coming out of using everything we've learned over the past 12 months, it's definitely opportunity to work together more, to, to really bring to really bring the two industries together in a really meaningful way, not just for us, but something that actually really means something to the, the consumers and the clients that we're we're talking to. I think the other the other point to be made here, to particularly to any mortgage brokers that are listening in, is that this signposting works both ways. I mean, we're a very good example. We 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 you know offload our mortgages to a third party, and I think it's not just about mortgage brokers doing protection; it's about protection brokers doing mortgages. And I think there's plenty of protection mm. mortgage uh, brokers out there who would love to meet some mortgage brokers and say, "Here's some mortgages for you guys to do as well." So, but signposting is, is very important. Uh, that we should point out goes both ways, works both ways. We've both seen examples of where that happens. Yeah, it, it, it's important to, you know, that we don't just say that someone's doing a crap job. They're not doing a crap job. They're, they're just, it, it, it's just they have to embed everything into their process. And yes, you're right. If, if I can refer some protection business to a protection specialist or, you know, we also have a, an IFA we refer to. So if we identify some pensions or some investments and, We'll refer to that because that's not an area that that we have the expertise on, or even if it's later life lending, so um, equity release mortgages. That's not something we do, but we can refer that to a specialist, and vice versa. 
we get referrals some from some banks, for example, who can't do a certain type of, of mortgage, but they'll refer it into us. And the same with some IFAs who will pass them some IFA business and they'll pass us mortgages back. That's really important. If you get that working really, really well, then why would a customer go elsewhere? If you're talking about keeping your customer long-term and turning them into clients and then advocates for you, if you can offer all that by just coming to you, whether you do the business or not, you've got a trusted pool of advisors who do different things, then that's brilliant. You're definitely keeping so that one, client for life. The one-stop shop, it makes, yeah. makes oodles of sense, doesn't it? Mm. It's interesting you also mentioned later life uh, borrowing. Um, again, people are, I'm sure you'll have the stats here, are, are buying houses much later and borrowings are going up much longer than, than ever before. Yeah. I hear mortgages are going into people's 60s and 70s. When I first started, obviously, most life insurances stopped when the person was probably 50 to 55. Mm. And, and, and our industry is very, very worried about the fact that maybe we've got that wrong to a certain extent. What are the messages there from your side of the fence in terms of the need for protection probably being longer than was, it, was anticipated? Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm a great example of that. Actually, I, I took out, I just looked at my policies the other day and they're, they're all running out next year. 2022 2023 and i'm thinking oh my god i've got to re- i've got to review all of them um and obviously i'm not a spring chicken anymore um so th- so i've got cost implications there so definitely it's something that we have to we have to look at and that's that has to frame part of the conversation because i think there's a lot of people we might be advising on at at that age who think they've got cover but actually haven't checked when that cover expires. Yeah. And if you're, you know, people are working longer, they they want their mortgages for longer. And yes, we're seeing a lot of people borrowing into their 60s and, and even 70s. Um, so yes, it's something that has to be has to be reviewed at that time. Because I bet you, I bet you I've got clients where actually they say they've got cover, but if they checked them, they'd probably expire in three, four years. It's really hard one because you kind of feel like, and I know that the answer is absolutely no, it couldn't work that way, but it kind of feels almost as if protection should be, you know, if, if someone's going to be taking out like a later life lending of some sort, that really protection there for the mortgage is kind of an essential, you know, it's mm. not, it kind of almost feels like it shouldn't be an option, that it actually must be there. But obviously we couldn't do that because if somebody can't afford the protection, that shouldn't mean that they should have not be able to get their home based upon a potential fictional circumstance. Um, but that kind of leads on to another sort of like random bit of question that I have. Um, we sometimes get, and I do know the answer, but I'm asking for, for obviously the listeners. So we've had it quite a few times where people have come to us and they're really upset because they want to have their, um, wanting to get a mortgage, that obviously they've found their dream home and they maybe have a health condition and the original um, advisor or the bank, you know, hasn't been able to get them the protection insurance and they've been told that they can't have the mortgage unless they have the life insurance in place. So can you help me to kind of dispel this myth, hopefully once and for all, <laughs> and just say... I can dispel that. Is, is, is having life insurance an actual requirement of a mortgage? No, Thank it's you. not. <laughs> um, it used to be a long time used ago. To be, yeah, it used yeah. to when be. We first, when we first started, yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, and it, it is, used it, to it be is part an of island. It. I, it is an island, I believe, as well, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know yeah, the answer to I that. I think it is. Yeah. I, I think it might be. But yes, you do not need life insurance in order to get a mortgage. So anyone telling you otherwise is telling a little porky pie. I thought that, you know, I was, I was going to say, I, my instinct has always been that that was the case because, you know, I just, I'd never come across where that I was actually, but obviously not being a mortgage advisor, you know, you, you're always careful. But I think one of the things that, I mean, I always say to people is straight away when they come to me, I just say, look, just don't worry. I was like, you don't have to, you should, you know, you absolutely should Correct. in your circumstances, but you don't have to have it. So don't worry, you're still going to, but then it's really hard because obviously you're then coming in as a, a second advisor they've just had the person who's arranging their mortgage who they trust hopefully really trust yeah <laughs> you know, or the bank or whatever and you know they're saying to them that they have to have or their their interpretation of at least of what's being said to them yeah. is that they must have this and then you kind of it then kind of means makes us all kind of seem like you said they were before like disconnected in a sense you know and it, again because it's kind of like well hang on why is that person telling me this but they're not a specialist in mortgages so what do they know um and you kind of going backwards and forwards and yeah. stuff and and luckily obviously people no matter what you're just happy because you're just like well i'm just really happy because you know you do really need protection insurance so i'm going to help and let's just you know let's not mm. dwell on this for too long um but it does make you wonder sometimes you know like when you when you do hear that you think well who's been telling somebody that yeah, and you, you don't know if it's for, I think probably because I, I like to believe the best in people, I think a lot of that is probably just in communication. Yeah. Um, but within that, there will be some where, do you know what, people have got sales figures and, and they they make up all kinds of stuff just to uh, just to flog something. So and, and that's a problem and that's what we have to stamp out because that in turn leads to you know, and other things, one of the, the things that came out of the research was that a lot of people think people are selling insurances just because of the commission mm. rather than a need. Um, and that shouldn't be true. It's not about that. It's about protecting people properly and, and giving good advice. It's, it's not just not just doing it just for the sake of getting getting more commission. Absolutely. And, and on that subject, Monty, I mean, it's probably worth just helping us educate some of the protection uh, listeners. When someone is off long term ill or, or has a, you know, something horrible happen to them, um, I know some banks and building societies will have some leniency. But, you know, in your experience, how far does that go? Um, lenders have got an awful lot better at understanding. You've seen some, you've seen, uh, someone like nationwide who did, who did something around people with cancer uh in in terms of of the help I'm, I'm pretty sure it was nationwide um and lenders have got a lot better at understanding individual circumstances what i would say to anyone is if you think you're going to have a problem if you are going through an illness then don't be afraid to talk to the lender about it it's actually very important that, that you should do it's that. really important don't stick your head in the sand don't think they're not yeah. going to help don't think they're going to take the mortgage away or anything like that or force you to sell the property they will be there's a lot of things they can do to help you through um and and as i say some lenders have bespoke bespoke teams now that are trained to deal with this situation for various illnesses and really help out so it's not like it was 20 years ago it's it's a lot better place and and lenders have have worked really hard on on getting this right and they have a duty of care to 
to help their customers just as much as we do. Yeah, and that's great to hear. And, and actually, the, the side point to that, um, strangely, is that it shows us that generation rent, which is an increasing amount of people in society, uh, protection is just as important for them because they're not going to get that understanding from private landlords generally, are they? No, a generation rent is a whole different ball game. And, and yes, that's that's what really worries me, actually, is, is people who, who are renting who have never had any advice on, on protection or don't know anything about it, at least in the mortgage process, you hope that it is spoken about yeah. in some stage. But for the renters, they really are at risk there. And, and that's some something that, that we, again, as an industry, we, we have to get into those people and, and help them and make them understand that they you don't just need these things if you have a mortgage. You need these things if you've got a home full stop, whether you're renting or it's or you it's yours personally. Correct. And, and another forgotten uh, part of society, and the last estimate I saw is there are 800,000 of these, is by to let mortgages. Again, traditionally, what, 20, 30 years ago, I think what I was taught was, you know, don't bother covering people with buy to let mortgages. But I think the industry's changed its view a bit on that protection-wise, is it? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it goes with the, with all the holistic planning that uh, that goes around all of these things, if if you've got a buy to let portfolio, then you talk about tax, you talk about the mortgages, and you talk about protection. Um, there are an awful lot more people who think, well, actually, do you know what? If if I need to sell the properties, I need to sell the properties. It's not the end of the world. But it it depends what those properties are for you. If those properties are being used as pension income in effect, and you don't have any other source of income, then yes, I'd argue it's really, really important to make sure they're protected. So because if you have to sell or, those properties, then there's your pension income gone. Yeah, or intergenerational wealth. Which or is, intergenerational, you know, lot, yeah. Yeah, a lot of clients will say to me, well, I've earmarked this for, you know, son, daughter, etc. Well, obviously, if something happens to you, they'll uh, mm. decide to come along and say, well, where's the mortgage amount, please? And the son and daughter haven't got that money to pay the mortgage off. Yeah, that's right. So it, everything is connected and, and we should stop looking at it as you only need it for this type of mortgage or for that type of mortgage. It, it has to be a real holistic approach generally around everyone's protecting everyone's lifestyle and protecting their wealth and protecting their family. I think it's sorry, another thing that comes from that, though, as well as the fact that, you know, we're talking about home, we're talking about renting. But I think in many ways, a lot of the time it's it's unusual to find someone who doesn't need some form of protection. You know, life insurance isn't necessarily needed for everyone, but it's usually at least a little bit is, is a good idea for most people. But there are times when it isn't actually part of the recommendation. Um, and obviously they are very, very far in between, but, you know, it does happen. Um, but, you know, income protection, you know, really anybody who's working should be really looking at some form of income protection it's been again quite rare not to think of having something like that whether or not people want it or not it's a different thing um but i think you know it's that kind of mindset you know where i think you know protection is something that should be there for most people and there are the opportunities there and um and it's it's obviously if people aren't addressing it then it's, it's a lost opportunity for the person it's a lost opportunity for the advisor as well Mm, absolutely and it is it is all the old things isn't it you, you speak to someone and they've insured their car and they spend ages insuring their pets and they don't insure themselves yeah 
and it's really interesting and i can only think that's a failure of it's a failure of the industry certainly where income protection is concerned i'm passionate about protection what's the one thing i haven't got i haven't got income protection that's crazy now we're looking to redress that now but um but it is, it, that is the most familiar thing. And income protection sales are, are nowhere near what they should be, which tells me two things. One is that we're not explaining what it is properly enough. And two, that the products aren't fit for purpose in some way. And, and that's what we have to, going back to my earlier point, that's what we have to address. How can we make income protection something that people understand they believe it's going to pay out. It's not overly expensive and people understand why they need it. And that's, uh, that's a, great, a challenge for all of us. It's a great point on expense, actually. There's some, some research that our industry has done as the perception of the average income protection cost versus reality. The perception is over £100 a month. The reality is it's £31 a month. It's a pound a day. Yeah. That's the average premium. Yeah. You know, these are the messages we need to get out, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that it's helped that, I mean, rightly or wrongly, uh, Chancellor um, got this slightly wrong, but that he's likened the furlough scheme to an income protection scheme? Has, has that helped us that it's been mentioned at the dispatch box? Uh, that's a really good question. I haven't thought of that. Um, I, think, I, I think it probably has helped a little bit in terms of people understanding what income protection is and knowing that actually if I can't work, I'm getting some kind of income still. So I think actually, I think actually there'll probably be a lot of, a lot of advisors who might use that analogy of actually, yeah. it's like the furlough scheme. Remember when you couldn't work because you were furloughed and the government guaranteed this? Well, if you can't work because you're, because you're not well, then this is a effectively a furlough scheme. So actually, I quite like. I've never really thought about it before, but actually, I quite like it. There's, hey. your, there's your Monday morning analogy. <laughs> yeah. Um, your the, the the press on the mortgage side. Obviously, I, I know some of the guys over there. You know, excellent press that you've got. As we have our side. Do you think that the mortgage press talks about protection enough? Though is a, another question. Um. No, but I think they're getting better. I really do. There's some excellent um, events. So we always used to have a, a mortgage Senate once a year. For a few years now, that's been the Mortgage and Protection Senate. Again, with what we're doing with Amy, we, we talk about mortgages and, and deal with the FCA and all the other things that, that come with home ownership. But for the last couple of years, we've really been talking about protection as well as part of that. And that's something that's really important. So I think it, there is a there is a general sea change within the industry um, that we are starting to talk about it now. And I've seen more and more articles around protection and, and around other services, not just mortgages and property. Um, but it, it's quite difficult. I find it as you know, I always write our monthly mail shots out to our clients and they might go out to 10,000 clients and every so often you'll put a, a protection or insurance story in and what's the one story that's not clicked on mm. it's that and it's really hard so how how I've always thought how, how do you make protection and insurance is sexy enough for people to 
to want to read about it and to want to understand it. And that's something that with my marketeer hat on, I haven't cracked personally. Um, and that's something we, we need to think about generally. But I don't know the answer to that. Do you think real life, I mean, you've alluded to it earlier, do you think real life case studies are things that we should be telling more to your industry? Yeah, I like I like real life case studies. I think there's a there's a there's a way of doing it. Um, so it's not just a, a tearjerker type type thing. It, it's more about seeing the benefits of it. And there's been a couple of good campaigns recently, actually, where they focused on the benefits and what's happened after. And, sort of, you know, the sad part about what's gone before is not not the central part. It's about the happy part about actually I had this and this is what it's enabled me to do. Um, this is what it's enabled our family to do. And I think that's where people like to focus. I think that's a good way forward of focusing on the real benefits of having that protection in place, um, which I think is is good. And, and, you know, people, it's the same with everything. Pe- people are generally empathetic. And if you've got a good story to tell, then then tell it. But it's telling it in a way that's that's useful and constructive rather than just a sales angle because yeah. I think people people see through that straight away. I know that several mortgage brokers have used the uh, the, the recent Seven Families campaign um, to, that, mm. to that extent. And my, my plea to any new mortgage brokers on this call would be to, to Google Seven Families. Yeah, and, that's and, really and good. It. Um, there's no intellectual property there, guys. Uh, you can use the videos to your heart's content, but it's a really good thing. And, and, and actually... Mm it's got some really sort of yeah, good messages for people with mortgages, especially. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you, obviously, Andrew, so much for coming on and uh, chatting to us today. It's been really, really lovely uh, to chat to you and hopefully listeners from both the protection and mortgage market and afar have picked up some ideas from all. Um, I'm going to be back in two weeks chatting with Matt Ran about our next underwriting focus. And while you're going to be back in about a month's time, aren't you, I think, chatting through pensions and investments with Lee Robertson from Octo members. Yes, absolutely. It's uh, uh, Thank you very much, Monty. It was fascinating to hear the, the mortgage side of it. So what we're going to do next is look at the wealth management side. And actually, I think those two sides have, have parallels as well. So uh, that'll be great. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, anyone can listen in to any of these episodes on www.practicalprotection.co.uk. And don't forget, if you've listened to this as part of your work, you can claim a CPD certificate, which is very important for, for us all as well, of course. But, uh, but Monty, thank you very much for, for as, as always, your invaluable insights. And, and I guess that the messages from today are, you know, signposting, I think, should work. Uh, we should uh, definitely collaborate between, you know, the two industries more. And maybe, you know, I did like your shout out to some of the insurance part of the industry to, 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 to maybe address the, the communication side slightly more. Thank you very much for having me. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed that. And um, I shall listen to the rest of your podcast with interest. <laughs> Thank you.